all of you, like, geek guys that are into geeky things. I am not a girl. Um, mm. You're expecting a girl, but this is not a girl. We don't always get the things that we want in life. Life is disappointing. So you're just going to have to deal with that. My name is like, oh, no, it doesn't matter what my name is because I'm going to be introducing myself last, or maybe not even at all. But uh, this is the CGM podcast, and it is episode 92 Uh I have no idea whether or not that is even significant, but, you know, it's like I'm obligated to say it, and now it's been said, so we can move on. And this is where we, like, talk about stuff, CGM stuff, mm-hmm. comics and gaming stuff, because mm-hmm. that's what the C and the G stand for in CGM, just in case you guys weren't aware. And I am your impromptu host, doing a really bad job of it because Melanie's not here. She's having an eye taken out of her rat, so we hope that that works out for email. And it's like, just tell the rat that, you know, it's like those guys in Normandy, they had to put up with even worse, but they soldiered on mm-hmm. and survived. So Literally sure soldiered on. Yeah, they did soldier on. Mm-hmm. It was like on the beaches of Normandy. So mm-hmm. we're sure that your rat will be able to take it. And if not, well, rats are pretty replaceable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, <laughs> but I hope that things work out for your rat. So, yeah, now that I'm hosting this and not doing a very good job of it, let's go on to the obligatory introductions with a bunch of people who normally I know what their names are, but because mm-hmm. I'm on the spot, I'm... Let's no, 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 we're going to keep going. No, no, it's fine. We're, we're going to keep going. We can't stop now. No, we've, yeah. we've gone too far. We've gone too far to turn around now. So this here's, here's the, yeah, the obligatory okay, introduction. It's not yeah. going to get any better. Now. Exactly. No, 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 it's not because not. I'm a terrible host. So, oh, so we're going to be introducing these people whose names I normally know, but because I'm on the spot, I'm kind of like struggling to remember what their names are right now. Mm-hmm. So to my left is the guy in charge. His name is, what your name is? Brendan. It's Brendan. Mm-hmm. Brendan, the guy, he's like the editor-in-chief and all that sort of thing, which normally I would know, but because mm-hmm. I'm on the spot today, I don't. Mm-hmm. But he just said that his name is Brendan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, he's, he's like the host and he's the guy on the soundboard and he's making sure that everything sounds all nice and pretty. And um, there's really nothing he can do about the fact that nope. I'm rambling on about this. But nothing this is, at all. <laughs> this is what happens, kids, when you get somebody totally unqualified to do something to actually do something. Awkward hilarity ensues. Yeah. Is this what happens when you have a developed sense of irony? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is how the room was made. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah. So, and then, you know, it's like the, directly across from me is our comic book and movie guy whose name is... Phil Brown. It's Phil Brown. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, and, and there he is. You know, it's like a, mm-hmm. a man of many talents and, you know, it's like geeky disciplines. Mm-hmm. He's our renaissance geek. He's kind of into everything. I do what I can. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then... To my right is the man from the mountain, mm-hmm. once again riding his bear down to like um, you know it's like shower the rest of us with you know gaming wisdom and other stuff. Yeah. And his name is his name is probably Alex. Okay, so in all likelihood, there's a good chance that it, this is Alex that we're talking to. Yeah. So that's great. And my name, it doesn't really matter because somebody could be holding that name out for me to read, but because I'm illiterate, I can't read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that's okay. It's like everybody just knows me as like, you know, one of the editor guys around here. I believe that I may be named after a famous Canadian hockey player or perhaps one of the all-time great performers in the genre of Westerns. It could be one of those things. You can take your pick. But if you don't get the clue as to what my name is by this point, you are probably too young to be listening to this podcast. Let's so, just say it's Alistair and be go with it. Let's, let's just say that it's Alistair, yeah. And maybe my name is Crowley. And, you know, it's like yeah. this, this, is, 
This is all just some horrible magical spell that I am inflicting on the internet now because somebody just told me to sit here and do it. Yeah. And this you were, is how you were talking about John Gretzky earlier. Yeah. Right? Yes, John Gretzky. Yeah, John Gretzky, a great Canadian hockey player from and like Cowboy Star, Poughkeepsie, Omaha, yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. that's what it is. Something yeah. like that. That must be it. Yeah. Yeah. So that mystery is solved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the CGM podcast that. Episode 92, I think it was. Or it could have been 90. Or it could have been 150. No, it was 92. You're right. Your first instinct was proper. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I'm making it up as I go along because I'm bad at this job. Yeah. Yeah. Totally bad at this job. (laughs) And this is what happens when bad people are called to do with these bad no, jobs. It, it went just fine. Yeah, that, I can that feel was, good about that. That was epic. So, I can feel right. good about that, yes. Yeah. The yeah. epic amateur introduction. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Okay. New echelon every time. Mm. No, we should not do that. You know, like, <laughs> uh, next week, hopefully, Mel will be back, you know, possibly with a one-eyed rat. Wouldn't we all like to see that? I'd actually like to see that. I'm curious myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Weird. we'll go with the news. So do you guys want to do, like, you know, comic news or gaming news or neutral news? or? Let's do comic news first to mix it up. Let's sure. do comic okay. news? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So, okay. I've got a bit of comic news, which I think is terribly, terribly important. And because I was actually prepared for this, mm-hmm. I can actually start sounding like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the big important comics news is, and this is especially important for the old school comic book fans, as of January 15th, Miracle Man, thanks to Marvel Comics, is back in print. Mm-hmm. You can go to a comic book store and buy issue one of Miracle Man again. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, for someone like me who does not have a clue what Miracle Man is, what is Miracle Man? Okay, Miracle this is Man... Yeah. This, this is exciting. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like... Uh, you may have heard of a little writer who goes by the name of Alan Moore. I have heard Okay, that, yeah. so what happens is, back in the day, uh, Alan Moore was given the task of um, updating a uh, superhero who, for various copyright reasons, had to have his name changed. He originally started out as Marvel Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, he, yeah. he was yeah. he was a hero in the '60s yeah, and um, U- yeah, UK specific hero. Yeah, so okay, they got okay. away with it at the time. Marvel Comics didn't pay attention to the uh, little island overseas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they didn't care that you know somebody had a superhero that was named Marvel Man over in the UK. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's like Alan Moore got a shot at updating this hero who was you know kind of a big deal in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was he was. As you might expect, a hokey '60s hero, it's kind of a Shazam type hero. Yes, he was a Shazam type hero. Yeah. He had a magic word. He said it, and then he transformed into a superhero. All that stuff. That's like there were a lot of things that were ripped off for Marvel Man slash Miracle Man. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody gave Alan Moore the task of updating him for the '80s. And this is Alan Moore in the '80s. So, so he was, as you can imagine, oh, uh, when Alan Moore de- be fun. yes, mm-hmm. when Alan Moore decides to deconstruct a superhero in the '80s, it is like nothing mm-hmm. that you have ever seen. And this was the first time he did it as well. Oh, yeah, God. this was the first. Yeah, yeah, this was totally the first time oh, he did it. This is like you know pre Watchmen. This is pre Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all of that other stuff. Now, a question: Was this a lot of weed, Alan Moore, or sane Alan Moore? I think this was sober, impoverished Alan. Moore. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this not- was this was lean, hungry, talented Alan Moore okay, who okay. thought that he had something to prove. Mm. So not super stoned Alan Moore. It is, it is amazing. It's like okay. I well, actually I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I read the original run of this comic when it was compiled by Eclipse Comics um, mm. back in like the 90s okay. and th- those compilations are now since out of print mm. and if you want to buy them now they're like hundreds and hundreds mm. of dollars. Mm. Um, so for the longest time you know, one of the all-time great Alan Moore classics has been unavailable to readers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is now available again as of January 15th. Mm-hmm. Now, for whatever reason, probably in the interest of making a metric ton of money, I would imagine uh, so, yeah. Marvel is printing out 
this thing issue by issue. Yeah. What? So it's it's but only issue one that's available right now. But you can you know it's like you can, you can you know it's like uh, you can bet that there is going to be a reissue of the trade paperback or yeah. like you know a new reissue. And it won't be long either because I believe his whole run will be like a twelve thirteen issue something like yeah. that in total. Because it was it was written um, in a compilation magazine, so yeah. they're like six page stories. Oh, okay. so these issues will be a combination, yeah. like a four. No. Okay. How, however, you know, it's like one of the important things to note about this release is that it is not just a straight up reprint. Mm-hmm. They're actually treating this like a um, Criterion. You know, the, oh, okay. It, oh, okay. You know, they're treating nice. this like the comic book equivalent of a Criterion DVD or Blu-ray, where yeah. there is mm. a ton of extras which actually talk about the history of Marvel Man for most of the people who will probably be unfamiliar with it. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it's like yeah, they, they've got you know extra materials talking about the creation of this particular comic mm. in particular. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, there's there's a bunch of extra ancillary material that sort of goes over the the scope and the history mm-hmm. of this whole mm-hmm. thing, so that people aren't like left in the dark about the whole thing. Yeah, and it um, really is amazing. It's the first sort of grounded, realistic. Uh, Neurotic uh, superhero. Yeah. Oh, cool! Beyond, like beyond the obviously, like Marvel had neurotic heroes. Yeah, yeah. like sort of a three dimensional, very, very yeah, dark I mean, and very gritty. Has kind of a sick sense of humor to it. As it well. is, but I mean, it's like you know what what you saw Alan Moore doing in Swamp Thing and what you yeah. saw him doing mm-hmm. in Watchmen, Watchmen in and all that. And, you know, it's like he he did it here first. Yeah, and in some ways. He did it like even more edgy because yeah. it's like you know there there is stuff that happens in this story which it's like he he did not do for like yeah, the run of Swamp Thing what, yeah. and it also in a weird way has a kind of had a, a strong influence on the Incredibles because mm-hmm. it is sort of like a middle aged hero who's been right. saggy around the chest and yeah. had to work for a long time coming so back. So now I have a question. Stuff. Yeah, is Marvel going to sense because Marvel usually does not put up mature books? How's it going to deal with a lot of the subject? Oh matter? no, they do mature books. Now. Do they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Definitely, okay. yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's I, the comic book market. I, kids just don't read comics anymore. Okay, yeah. so like it's actually. Very hard to find a child centered. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, like the 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 you know Spider Man and so forth is obviously still very tasteful mm-hmm. done, but uh, yeah, they have mature stuff. Do and they the still cool stuff has been very violent? Do they still have the Max line, or they just gave that up? I don't know. I know the Honestly, Max. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I remember when Max Wolverine was Wolverine, just ripping people apart for no apparent reason. Punisher right, Max, right, 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 right. Pun- Punisher Max. I think they had a Deadpool Max yeah, too. Which Punisher like, Max? That good. sounds like a nineties thing. Ah, uh, no, early two, no, it was oh, late two thousands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it, it, Punisher Max was just Punisher. Ripping people apart with like machine guns for yeah. some reason. Yeah, just guys yeah, exploding yeah. all over the place. It, it was just, it was not tasteful to say. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I wager this will have to have a mature uh, oh, yeah. stamp on it. It, it has it to is. have a mature, I mean, yeah. if only because of that one panel. Yeah. That one panel that we can't no talk about, but it does happen. Mature. Mm. Yeah. Can we talk about it? I mean, it's like, yeah, this thing is, this thing is so old, so yeah. it's like, yeah. an, okay, I mean, like, yeah, there, this, I think spoiler this Spoiler on a panel, yeah, if you haven't this read it Spoiler yet. on an individual comic book panel, oh. in case, you know, the, you still care about comics that were written in the 80s. Oh. Um, this, I believe, was the very first time in comic books when a artist was tasked with realistically depicting childbirth. Oh, that's right. so that's in there. Okay. That's 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 the one panel that I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Oh, I mean there there are other that one panels in Mer- yeah, yeah. in Miracle Man slash Marvel Man. Wow, but, but yeah, that was. I mean, and this is the '80s. But you know, it's like Alan Moore went and did it. The artist actually agreed to it. So there is a depiction of childbirth. Oh, completely yeah. uncensored childbirth that's you know going on in uh, Miracle Man. Yeah. Weird. And it, so and it really is if you've never read it, which sadly most people haven't because it's so hard to find it. It is. It really is one of Alan Moore's best best pieces. It really? is. It is. Yeah, like, no, he like, really sort of laid. The the groundwork for all the sort of revolutionary stuff that he would do. Oh, I mean, like, for... It gets the, the, like... I I haven't... I'm actually just coincidentally in the middle of reading it for the first time myself. Yeah. Um, 
But from what I understand from that uh, Almore biography yeah. I read, I think it kind of goes off the rails a little bit towards the end because he was feuding with his publisher at that point. Yeah. And, like, yeah. holding yes. the, holding the start the of a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, like Alan Moore being difficult yeah, to work with, that's impossible. <laughs> He's holding the ending of the book up for ransom, basically, because everyone wanted the end of the story and people weren't buying the magazine because it wasn't there. And then when he did it, he kind of spit it out, kind of, because it was when he was in the middle of working in DC, he didn't really care as much. So it kind of peters out from what I understand, but. From I'm about halfway through it myself at the yeah. moment, and uh, yeah, it's been absolutely. Not, it not it does get interesting again after that, though, because oh. it's uh, because what happens is other writers start mm-hmm. taking yeah. over, and we start to see some familiar names pop up that would also go on to become huge, oh, like wow. uh, Neil Gaiman of all oh, people God. got a shot mm-hmm. at Miracle Man. Now, now I have a question so for you. Mm-hmm. Um, after reading the Alan Moore biography, is there any publisher he's worked with that he's not been adversarial with? Nope. Okay. Yeah. That's just straight nope. up. Nope. Nope. It's, it's a reoccurring trend in his life. Uh, he sort of people they sort of fawn over him. He gets fawn over him. Gets exciting. And at a certain point, when his books start selling, he just says, gets it. It. "Yeah." He starts. He starts to make demands. They don't want to relinquish to those demands, and then as opposed to coming to an agreement, he just stops talking to them. <laughs> this tends so he's really mature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got some problems. Well, he's uh, let's you know. just call them creative. Dude. He's an artiste. <laughs> yeah, he's yes, yes he is an artiste. Of the word. Yes, he is an artiste. Let's call sure. it that yeah. for sure. Yeah, but, uh, he seems like an odd man. In fact, yeah. I find it hard to believe that he'll even like you. I, again, I haven't seen the new issues, but if you say there are special features, I find it hard to believe Alan Moore will have anything to do. With I can't it. imagine yeah. he would. He yeah, doesn't. doesn't I, from what I understand, he does not like Marvel. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like comics much anymore. Well, he works with Avatar now. Is it Avatar that he's writing the Cthulhu books with? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. They're real I've read the first one, it is weird. Yeah, that's what he does. But I, I think that he that that's just sort of his because he's Alan Moore, he can talk to any indie publisher and by virtue of the fact they put the book out with his name on it, it will sell better than anything else they have. That's true, yeah. He's just sort of in a unique position where he can be that much of a dick. I'm sure if it were I'm sure if he, you know, need I'm sure if he needed money he would go back, but alas, here we are. Yeah. But anyway, mu- does yeah. he live in like a cabin somewhere? No, he has a big house in London. Does he? Yeah. Oh god, that must yeah, be yeah, really Does he actually live in one, London or Whitby? Um, perhaps it's Whitby. Cuz I'm I think it's Whitby. Yeah. Cuz he's done a lot of stuff uh, about Bram Stoker too and Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, here's here's another little interesting thing. I I had to go back onto the internet to confirm this because this mm. is what I had suspected, but I wasn't sure, but now mm. it is confirmed. Um yeah, I guess because of the fear that Alan Moore has with various people. Mm. He's credited uh, on this reprint series as the original writer. There you go. So it doesn't even say mm. written by Alan Moore. It just says written by the original writer. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> because that's him. That's Alan Moore being Alan yeah, it's, Moore. <laughs> so, it's a real shame yeah. because yeah. it is Yeah, it is one of his finest things. And it would yeah. be nice if he were proud of it. Yeah, but yeah, because I, I, I remember being very confused by this. I, I saw like the original cover for this new reprint at mm. some point, and it, you know, it's like had the listing of the credits, and then yeah, I saw the original writer there. It's like, mm. shouldn't that be Alan Moore? But now checking, it's like, you know, yes, this this is all just part of that legal disagreement. Alan mm. Moore doesn't want his name on there, so he's what? referred to as the original writer. Oh, dear yeah. God. Yeah, but despite his uh, <laughs> dismissal of it, it is, uh, this is actually a really yeah. big deal. And for 100%, if you like Alan Moore, or even mm-hmm. just sort of deconstructive superhero yeah. stories, it's, it, it, it really should be one of the like, yeah. most important now, now, reasons. Now I have another question for yeah. you. Is there any book Alan Moore is actually proud of after the fact, um, I think pretty well all the superhero stuff he's good with, and he, okay. he's quite still quite fond of from okay. Hell and uh, Lost Girls and yeah. all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's Lost Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty well just the. Superhero yeah, actually, stuff I don't he's think he's going to say anything bad about Lost Girls. No, he, he likes the, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's pretty. Yeah, he he's positive about all that stuff, and 
yeah, otherwise. But I think also part of it is I, I really doubt he's even looked at Watchmen or <laughs> stuff since the 80s. So he probably eh. just has forgotten. And also, you know, he is very much a showman. Yeah. And oh, he's, yeah. Uh, he's putting on a show anytime he talks or appears. So oh, yeah. Who knows what his actual yeah. And that's are. part of the reason he's so popular. Totally. Yeah. It's like, now, for this new reissue, there are two changes to take note of for purists. Mm -hmm. Other people are not going to care about this, Mm -hmm. but, like, the hardcore purists are going to throw a hissy fit. Mm -hmm. One, um, they redid the lettering. So there's a new letterist that's in there. Why not? um, Sure. The second was the original comic book run of this was in black and white. Yeah. But this is in color. Right. But they did that the first time a long time ago. Exactly. And also, if you really want to be a purist, it's Miracle Man. It's Marvel Man, not Miracle Man. It's Marvel Man, not Miracle Man. So, I mean, this thing's been, yeah, it's been touched up before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that that is our, like, big, big comic news for the week, which which is indeed big. It is. It seems pretty significant. I might have to look into this. Yeah, one of Alan Moore's earliest works, and it's not like you look at it and go, oh, yeah, I can see how, you know, it's like Alan Moore starts to get good after this. It's like, Mm. no, this is good Alan Moore. You're you're not going to sit there and go, he had room to improve. Yeah, he came out swinging. Is there a bad Alan Moore book? Sure. Which one? Um, well, some some of his DC stuff was like not great. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I was not particularly fond, for example, of the um, issue of Vigilante that he. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Couple issues. Yeah. Oh, I've read that yeah. one. It's yeah. not the best. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of his Green Arrow uh, superhero yeah, Olympics. Arrow yeah, exactly. Some some of his Green Lantern stuff is also like, oh yeah, okay, it's it's kind of nice, but you know, it's like it's 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 not him at his best. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. that's when they were throwing him at like everything exactly. in DC, and they really shouldn't have. But exactly, they did. Yeah. So yeah, why not? So yeah, we we can't say. That there is some Alan Moore stuff out there that's not good. Yeah, but, he's got um, as many. He's got the same opposite dance anyone. It's just the highs are so high. Yeah, ah, fair enough. Exactly, okay. that's true. Definitely, fair enough. Okay, uh-huh. okay, cool. All right, so now um, let's move on to some video game news. Sounds good. Yeah, okay, so yeah, video game news. This is it's it's really stupid. This it's is, really this dumb. Is really, really stupid. Okay, so a great way to preface it. There's that developer King, the guys who are responsible for Candy Crush Saga. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So they are um, going to court uh, against uh, the guys that have uh, Stoic, the guys who have made Banner Saga. Which yeah. is like, actually a good game. Yeah, which is and actually Banner a good Saga. I mean, um, yeah, I've heard of amazing Candy Crush is not a good game. Yeah. And they're going to court with uh, the Stoic guys because of the use of the word Saga in their title. Because Candy Crush Saga has Saga in there as well. And cool. so now. Are they going to? What about Crush? Yeah. Is, is that is that under contestant? I, I guess not. I, mean, I heard it's like, Candy was. Candy has actually been successfully um, trademarked. Okay, but if they haven't successfully trademarked Saga, mm-hmm. it's how are they suing someone for the use of Saga? Is which this they, scrolls all over again? Yeah, and they yeah it is. And this the Tesla lost that. Again. Yeah, they lost that. There's yeah. precedent for See, this. So like this this is this is the part where it gets really really stupid. Is um, the the developer King? They even admit that this is not about uh, you know a specific infringement on a trademark, and they're worried that this is going to damage their property somehow. Basically, they have said the reason they are doing this is they need to make an example of stoic. You know, basically, just put them on a pike, crucify them, whatever you want to call it. They need to make a very public example of these guys to scare off the other people that might be thinking of using Saga in their video game titles. Oh my god! So they're like, so we don't personally have anything against the Banner Saga guys. We think that the game is great, but sorry, somebody needs to be made an example of, and you have Saga in your title, so it's got to be you guys. That's just that's reprehensible. Why, that's why this yeah. is happening. That's the yeah, worst so. example of the litigiousness yeah. of the industry. The lit- 
Is litigiousness the right word? For yeah, that? yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's but it. That's yeah. just a perfect example of it. And that's all absolutely resist- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Saga is a common word. Yeah, it is. Heck, mm-hmm. candy it's, is a common word. You shouldn't be able to copyright candy. Yeah. You can't trade. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're trademarking it within the realm of games, obviously. That's what they're saying. So but, it's not like every time we say Saga, somebody from King comes along and says, you now owe us $1,000 because you used it. Saga's been used in but, dozens of games. But here's, exactly. another, here's another thing I'm going to throw out there. Uh, Banner Saga was a game before Candy Crush Sonic was a game. Yep. Banner Saga's been in development for like two and a half years now because it's all hand-drawn and it took a long time. Mm-hmm. How... They could just say, yo, we were first. This has been a thing for a while. Yeah. But it really is just to put the fear of legal god into all of those other people that mm. may be thinking of using Saga. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Game I don't think anyone on Earth is saying, you know that game with Vikings? That's very close to that game with candy. Mm-hmm. They're very that, similar. That I, I'm confused. game with candy. That's, isn't it just Bejeweled? It's basically Bejeweled with candy. Okay. Well, and Kings. Mm-hmm. I think this is Kings absolutely ridiculous. Like this just seems absolutely yeah, silly and smacks of just corp- smacks of just corporate uh, short sightedness. It smacks of just gross. It just, yeah, it's, it's just gross. Like w- it's just a big successful company with a lot of money being very very ugly. Like Zenga. No, so. You remember Zenga yeah, when so. that had money? I've been trying to forget Zenga. It's still around. They have I mean, studio we don't in Toronto. Of, we don't need any more of those stories in the video game industry. We don't need any uh, to hear it. We keep getting them. We yeah. keep getting them. We keep getting Because all these companies are horrible, horrible countries. No, they, they're, they're trying to make money without any consideration of, hey, this may not be a good idea and this may hurt us or hurt our customers. Yeah. I don't think they care. No, they really don't. They want to burn as many things as possible until so, they're done with it. Alex, do you agree with me when I preface this by saying that this is just stupid? This is beyond stupid. Okay. This, is, it, this is borderline immoral. It, it is it, it's pretty like, immoral. They're doing it deliberately as a as a bully tactic. Yeah, they are. Yeah, like this is not. They're not doing this because of any financial loss they might incur. No, no. This, this, is, this is just playground mm-hmm. tactics. It's like you hit the yeah. guy, you hope he goes down, and then you look at everybody else and say, "See, this could happen to you if you step out of line." It so, is the prison tactic yeah. of gaming. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah also strikes well, me as a dangerous road to go down to ban certain words. Yeah, and yeah. Titles. Well, I think they also made they made a terrible mistake in focusing on saga because. Yeah. I can name three games that have the name Saga that have been released. Yeah. Seventh Saga, Saga Frontier, Romancing Saga. There. Yeah, you did it. I I couldn't have done that, but good job. And they could could be like, well, if they did it, well, we're first, so take that. And there's tons of books that use it. There's tons of everything. Saga is a pretty common word. No, it really is. It's a common word. It would be different if they were calling their game, like, The Legend of Super Mario Kong. (laughs) I can see, like, there might be some cause for concern there. Yeah. But to use the word saga, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's too common to actually properly do that, I think. It's just ridiculous. So hopefully this gets thrown out. I I think the attention it's getting for how silly it is is going to affect it. Yeah, Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, well, that's a thing. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's our news. Yeah. Well, that's that's our no, no, comic we, we, news, yeah. and that's our gaming news. Yeah, we, no, we, have one more, we, we have one more news story. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be I, ha- I have a couple. Uh, well, I got two really quick ones, uh, sort of comic movie related. Yep. Uh, the first one is that the Batman vs. Superman movie has been put on hold by a year. Um, that's a long hold. A long that hold, really is. yeah. It seems they're cli- 
the official story is that it's because the technical demands of the special effects are so intense that they want to give everyone. I don't believe that. that. And yeah, no, I don't buy that for a second either. No, uh, but no. the but the real thing is, as we've been hearing constantly, it seems more and more like it's going to be a Justice League movie. Given that Wonder Woman's now part of it, they're talking about getting a Green Lantern. I'm sure an Aquaman will Flash. discuss soon, and a Flash. They I'm should sure. have a Flash. They should Flash should have his own movie. Of course, they're all gonna. Well, I think that I, I it's seeming what they're like what they're going to do is release a Justice League movie, see which characters sell the most, and then spin them off accordingly. But no, no. What do they mean by see which characters sell the most? Like merchandise toy sales? Yeah, yeah okay. merchandise. Right. So that's what would be my guess. Because DC controls or Warner Warner's, controls yeah, all Warner the DC brands, DC, so, yeah, so they have it, it all. It also could see what comics are selling after the movie comes out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It guarantees that we get a Lego Justice League game, though. So, yeah. but it's now, very true. But now another true. question. But then, yeah, and then, but it, it, it is a very sorry. I'll yeah, wait yeah. a second. But I just think it's a, a really bad sign for the movie that oh, this yeah. is happening because they claim to have a script done months and months oh, and months ago. God. And there's even also worm, right, wormers, uh, rumors wormers. Swir- swirling now that uh, Ben Affleck is threatening to quit because the project seems so ridiculous, which a lot of people might stand up and cheer about. But at the same time, if, you know, Ben Affleck is willing to walk away from the paycheck of being Batman, also, it's not like something, yeah, but also, something must be very, very wrong. But also another thing. Ben Affleck actually, as much as we complain about Ben Affleck, hmm. he actually really loves comics. He does. Yeah, he really yeah, loves comics. True. And like, he also is like a, a quite decent filmmaker and yeah. knows how to tell a story. So if he thinks there's something wrong with the story, yeah. I probably would trust him. Because I have um, an issue of Daredevil that Kevin Smith wrote yep. that the preface is written by Ben Affleck about yep. how much he loves the character and all this mm. other stuff. So yes, he's been some bad movies that have failed, but... Mm. He genuinely does like comic characters. No, oh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. he really cares. And if he doesn't want to be a part of it, it would be it means it's a because fuck. there's something wrong with it. Yeah. And and I would and so, yeah, it seemed like very. It's you know a movie I've been trepidatious about from the start. Yeah. Now the same things seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. It just really is a shame that, unfortunately, because Warner Brothers owns all the DC mm. characters outright, they don't really involve the comic people. No. Like the way Marvel does, as they should, and it's just feeling more and more like this is being designed by committee to be a product. Well, it, it, sa- it sounds like what they're doing is they're saying, Batman is super do well. What if we had a woman? What woman should we have? Well, Wonder mm. Woman's big. Let's do that. Definitely. We can't sell Lois Lane as a thing, so let's sell Wonder Woman. Definitely. Definitely. What does she look like? Well, she's a boxy woman that's built well. No, we want a skinny woman. Yeah, we want a skinny French woman that can't speak or act. That's oh, dear. So, yeah. <laughs> it so. sounds like. A big mess. It's a mess. Things are going like because, because a lot of DC already, movies. Yeah, because they've even already shot footage for this thing. Like, Didn't they shoot some like basketball scenes supposed to be taking yeah. place in Gotham or something? Yeah, and studio stuff too. But and yet, even though they've been shooting stuff, it's late. Like the whole thing just sounds like a big, big mess. And uh, I uh, have a really, really bad feeling about this. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But here's the biggest thing: DC keeps trying to get that white whale that Marvel's mm. found with mm. all the Marvel movies and all that stuff. Mm. And I think DC's trying to do it in an odd way, whereas Marvel created a brand that kind of all connects to each other. Mm. DC's just trying to say, well, let's just make it dark, because Batman's mm. dark. Mm-hmm. Let's make every character we have dark, mm-hmm. and that's going to work. Yeah. No, it's a problem. And, and it's mm-hmm. really, shame, really a shame, too, because they have, you know, DC Entertainment as a company is a thing that exists, and they have People like Jim Lee and Jeff Johns in charge of that, who, mm. who like, they were the ones that... Jeff Johns was the guy who guided uh, Injustice, yeah. the fighting game. Did, obviously, an extraordinary mm. job with that. There's no reason why these people couldn't be involved with the movies in the same way the Marvel creative forces are involved. I'm not gonna, I would throw it out there. The DC 
animated movies mm. are really well designed. Oh, they, they are. are. Yeah. They really are. They are an hour and a half of tight storytelling. Mm-hmm. Bring some of those writers on. I know. Well, stop trying to just chase Marvel around. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some of those DC movies, they are basically Justice League movies, but they're they are the dark styles they're trying mm-hmm. to go with. They have adult themes that you could put into a full length mm-hmm. movie. And make it a solid experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not to mention the fact that there are, you know, uh, what, 75 years of, yeah. of, of great storytelling available in the archives. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Correctly. It, uh, yeah, Pretty much. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, people running it from the wrong, wrong mentality. I think the, the best we can hope for is that they waste a lot of money in this and it turns out to be a huge failure and they give up on whatever this is no, and, but and here's, try here's, to start again. Here's my other thing. Mm. <clears throat> my worry is they're going to give up on making... This is going to flop, hmm. and they just give up on making DC movies. I oh, think, no, that's never going to happen. No, it's <sighs> never going to happen. It could push it back a few years. We could get, like, five years before we get It could delay it, but I would prefer that than them continuing down this line you know, and if, making if, a series of crappy movies. If they want to make a movie that has Batman and Superman, just make a movie version of The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Do Dark that. Returns. The, the Dark, uh, Dark Knight yeah. Returns, yeah. yeah. Just do that. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a story t- line. You could, ben Affleck is actually maybe a little young for that role, mm-hmm. but you could make him look older. Yeah. Well, yeah and there's, there's already Super, Superman is the the Superman that's um, in that movie would fit very well into the Superman they created with um, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. After what he happened in that movie, he becomes very – he becomes the Boy Scout, mm-hmm. and that's how he's like – Gets involved with the government. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it would all make sense. It would oh, yeah. make sense. Oh, yeah. No, and it would be very easy to do, but it's just never going to happen. And that – well, no, because – Batman's kind of a racist. He's <laughs> kind of a per- horrible per- person. Yeah, it's really fascinating though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I will. I mean, we'll just see. I, like, I, I do. I mean, it's unfortunate. I do really hope it fails and they have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Because right now, it's essentially a lot of movie people who don't really understand the comic books, just understand that they're successful, and Zack Snyder, who I don't trust. Well, and these are the people making the decisions. And from a, admittedly, it's from afar. Yeah. And, and arm, armchair uh, producing this thing, but uh, it seems like they're taking but a here's lot the thing. of wrong steps. We're armchair producing this thing as someone that the people that actually enjoy totally. the subject matter. Totally. And I mean, yes, I'm not going to be saying I can mm. write this better, mm-hmm. but I'm also saying there are people they already employ mm-hmm. that could write this better. Totally. And also, but and also, it's easy to forget Marvel. Marvel screwed up a lot before yeah. they got things right. Oh, yeah. they, they had a lot of people screwing up Marvel properties. Yeah. The Fantastic Four, Spider-Man Fantastic 3, yeah. uh, Daredevil, Elektra. There, oh, there are many, yeah. many, many. Elektra things. especially. Yeah. And and the reason why the Marvel Studio movies are – well, part of the reason why the Marvel Studio movies are as good as they are yeah. is that Kevin Feige, who was in charge of Marvel Entertainment, worked on all of those, saw the pitfalls, and eventually changed his production model to allow for – what became the Marvel Universe that we know of, which they were essentially doing with the B team of mm-hmm. characters who were mm-hmm. the least the least popular to the general public at that time are now the most popular. So I feel like if this were to go deeply, deeply wrong, they're not gonna stop making DC movies, no, but they, they will have to change tactics. Maybe go a little smaller budget, maybe allow more creative people in. And I think that's our best case scenario. Or, you know, it's like maybe just the next time Joss Whedon says, I want to do a Wonder Woman movie, just yeah, say yes. Yeah. Just say yes. Just let it happen. It's yeah. true. Forgot There's about a that. Lot of that could have been great. Wonder been great. Woman mm-hmm. is a character, mm-hmm. and they just seem to be ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I, I heard a thing with uh, Grant Morrison recently where he said him and Jeff Johns and one other prominent comic book writer spent a year 
where they got they got paid a lot of money to be comic book consultants for Warner Brothers to come in and tell them about these are the characters, these are what makes them interesting, these are the ways you can do it in a movie, and none of their suggestions were used at all. But they were on salary, paid full time as a year okay. for, for a year. Yeah. So that just shows how lost those this is people doomed. are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Speaking of lost DC mm-hmm. projects, there's also the Gotham Central. Uh, no, it's the name of the comic book series. I forget what the the series, the title for the series at this moment. I don't even think there is one. Anyway, it's the Jim Gordon Detective series, which up until now has been talked to about being the early days of Jim Gordon as a cop show, and now they're saying is actually going to be that, but at the same time also be the tale of teenage Bruce Wayne uh, growing to be a man with the ultimate end of the series being that he puts on the costume, much like Smallville, which already existed. But the really weird thing about that is that that, that this was never discussed until about a, uh, a few days ago. However, in December... Uh, Kevin Smith, who has a great podcast called Batman or Batman that I highly recommend for Batman. <laughs> uh, he, he, him and Paul Dini, one of the great Batman writers, were spinning around for an idea that was basically a small bill for Batman. Came with a lot of great ideas, seemed really excited, talked about how they were going to try and produce it, and then all of a sudden, magically a month later, this is the new direction of the Fox TV show. Weird. So doesn't seem like a coincidence. But, nope. <laughs> but nope. certainly they're nope. not acknowledging that. Nope. And uh, that's what's happening. And I feel like, once again, this is a product by people who don't understand these characters and are just desperate. Oh, I'm, I'm 100% sure work. that's the case. Yeah. It, so. It's going to be fatal because yeah. they're, gonna, they're splitting the attention between this. Yeah. I mean, they don't need Batman to be anything more than a cameo character. Mm-hmm. And if they're going so. to split it like this, then it's just going to divide the attention and it's just going to dilute what they could work with. Also, I have, I'm going to throw it out there, Alex, for a second. Batman is only interesting when he has already gone through the struggle of mm. age. Mm. Young Batman is not exciting. No, well, it's he, the, well not really. I mean, I see what you're saying, certainly, because all the stories of Batman that we know, but I do think that there is potential to do something interesting with Batman and training simply because no one's ever done it. But, and it's basically open ground where you could go well, anywhere with oh, it. I, I, oh, I agree, but you, yeah. you need some time. Yes, but it's going to be a different. It's a different concept. Totally, yeah. It's totally, be yeah. It's not Batman. young, angry Batman yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than a person that's basically broken and trying to repel his life by helping other people. Totally. I want a broken Batman. I don't want a Batman that's just kind well, of like angry be, at the world. He'd still be broken. Yeah. Yeah, but he's going to be more angsty teenager broken rather than broken broken. Granted, but he would be building into the person that he is, and I think there is something compelling to be said. Oh yeah, but within that, I think that needs to be a separate. Thing. But it's not Batman. No, no totally. Yeah, it no. makes no sense to do half that, half Jim. And Gordon. it doesn't connect at all to the G- to the GCPD and the slightest. No, no. Because why would he's not Batman? Yet. Why do they just care about a rich kid who's angry? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you stop. Hitting people, Bruce yeah. Wayne, go away, please. Yeah, no, the whole thing sounds like a mess, and it's a real, real shame because I always felt that, like, after the Chris Nolan movies, yeah. when sort of Batman would have to go away for yeah. a bit, the way to do it would be to do an hour-long drama. Yeah. Because the budget's there now. They could actually do it properly. But I have but a, one, one more question for you. not it, yeah. Jim Gordon's supposed to be about, like, let's say 20, 30. Oh, age makes no sense, yeah. So Jim Gordon is about 20, 30 years older than Batman. Yeah. Unless you go to the... How old was he in The Dark Knight Rises? Or Dark Knight Returns? Um, it looks like they were similar age, but he was like 10, 15 years older. It's unclear. I mean, I would say from based on year one that it would be about a 10, 15 year age difference. So, about Jim, right. yeah. so young Jim Gordon should be in his 30s and Batman should be about 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I okay. guess, but... But so, <laughs> but I'm guessing it's going to be Jim Gordon's going to be like 22 and mm. Batman's going to be 18. Yeah. 
which makes no sense. I think that's safe to say. And they're going to be both possibly X models. Mm-hmm. And just give them mustaches. Definitely. And they'll have origin stories for all the villains that yeah. won't make any sense and context. And oh, yeah, no, it'll be stupid on a number. Yeah, okay. And Joker's going to be a heartthrob that's with makeup. I'm sure. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a real shame all around. But again, we can only hope that if it fails. Uh, because the cash cow of Batman's never going to go away. That Ever. They will allow yeah. more talented people to happen afterwards. Yep. Well, DC's never going to let go of its uh, rival with Marvel, and it's never going to let go of its core characters. Yeah. yeah nope. But why does this keep happening? Like, you know, what what is it that happened over at Marvel where they were like, you know what, maybe we should just let the comic book guys do our comic book stuff, whereas for whatever reason over at DC, it's still, you know, it's like a bunch I can of tell you. by committee who, like, you know, refuse to just... Let the experts step in and do their job. I can tell you. Because uh, Marvel started off their properties character by character. So, like, for example, the Spider-Man mess that's going on right now, Mm. they got nothing to say about that. They can't be involved with it. Hilarious. Whereas DC is just owned uh, under the Time Warmer umbrella company. Mm. So Warners doesn't have to talk to anyone if they don't want to. They own the rights to the characters. It's their choice who they involve. Whereas with Marvel... They took stock of what they had left in their characters, which was basically the Avengers yeah. and Ant-Man and the ones we're seeing now, and they, as a company, Marvel, formed their own production company. Mm-hmm. And then they just, and then until Disney bought them, they were essentially an independent production company who just had a distribution deal with Paramount. Mm-hmm. So that was the difference. That was actually the comic book guys making the movies, much like how DC Entertainment are the comic book guys making those animated Yeah, movies. exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's why they're great. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the problem is that Warner Brothers doesn't have to involve them if they don't want to. That would be a slice of the profits mm-hmm. gone. That would be, uh, you know, some producer who likes to feel like he's <laughs> the creative voice, not yeah. being able to be heard in the room. And essentially DC is powerless until something like the Justice League movie failing and no one knowing what to do. Mm. So that's where we're at. Yeah. That almost makes me hope then that the um, Sandman movie doesn't actually succeed. Well, Because if it does, then Warner Brothers is going to pick it up and run with it and then they're going to wreck Sandman and I don't want to see that happen. Well, the thing is, I'm not sure where the Vertigo things fall into Mm -hmm. because Vertigo, from what I understand, is creator-owned. That's part of the deal they set up. I don't think Sandman falls into that because Sandman was published in Vertigo once Vertigo existed, but not when the initial deal was struck. So there is hope with that. Um, I mean, ultimately, that's, you know... Also, it's Gaiman. Gaiman has enough sway that he can yeah. stop it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So there is... I'm hoping that with, yeah, the creator-owned content, that might help them sort of push things through. But in terms of our not, uh, meat and potatoes DC heroes, sadly, Warner Brothers has full swing to do whatever they want. I mean, they already killed Green Lantern. So. Exactly. Um, but I also have to say that DC was making much more money with its characters than Marvel was early on. Like in the 80s and 90s, DC yep. characters did far better. Marvel movies were just completely horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, DC yeah. movies were just like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. That's not great, but it made money. Like oh, the, the original Superman Bat- movies and the Batman, Tim Burton Batman movies are pretty solid. Exactly, that's yeah. my point. Yeah. But they also did the Constantine movie, and that was bad. Yeah, yeah that was really bad. But they still made money from most of the properties, whereas Marvel early on, the mm. 80s and 90s Marvel movies, mm. were really horrible. Yeah. yeah. There was enough yeah. that basically they kind of a shock wake up saying, we have to make sure we control this stuff, because this mm. is horrible. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that might be one reason why Marvel kind of said, okay, let's step back here. What mm. do we have? What can we do with the stuff we have? And it was also just their luck that Marvel's yeah. still an independent company. I exactly. Mean, like, if, if Time Warner brought Marvel Comics, we exactly. wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly, yeah. No. They just sort of were lucky enough to be in a position they could do what they did, whereas the DC people are sadly handicapped until Warner it's Brothers is willing to give them the keys to the car. And they're never good. Uh, it could happen. Yeah. It could. Like, I, that's why I really hope that these shows fail. Because Batman is seemingly a bulletproof property. Anytime yeah. something Batman related comes out, it's huge, and he all and it always connects bigger than any other comic book character. That's true. So if they make a couple Batman things that really shit the bed, and they already kind of had with that, yeah. the Batman show, which failed, did that feel badly? It's already canceled. Oh wow, yeah. that was quick. It wasn't horrendous, Just but wasn't it wasn't great. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that if there are a series of Batman failures in a row, then Warner Brothers will realize at a certain point, okay, this is our fault yeah. because people do love Batman. Batman's mm-hmm. still far and away the highest selling comic book on the stands well uh, so, Superman movie did an we'll issue and I, the Man of Steel was not a great movie it was not a great movie no. but it made enough money yeah exactly that's, so that's I, the I, issue they, people they have to just stop seeing the studio, this stuff. The, yeah exactly the studios aren't basing their decisions on reviews no. and fan opinions on blogs sadly they're basing it purely on box office. And they so need, as long as they're making money, they'll do whatever well, the hell they what want. What they need is they need kind of a Mar- DC czar. Like Marvel has brought in the person. Yeah. I forget who it is, but they brought in someone. Kevin Feige. Yeah. yeah. Feige? Is it Feige? I forget. Yeah. yeah. He's basically saying, okay, this, is not, this does not fit our Marvel image, whereas mm-hmm. DC just has Zack Snyder, and mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's kind of a bad director. Yeah. Well, DC do, does have um, – they, they do have Jeff Johns in yeah. charge of the DC Entertainment. It's just – and he's allowed to be in the room on all these discussions. Same with uh, Jim Lee. Jim yeah. Lee, um, they because uh, as the general editor of DC gets yeah. is involved in everything, it's just they don't have to listen to him. So they can think, this is a horrible idea. Okay, Jim, you go over yeah, there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. As long as yeah. Snyder and John Peters and all those guys they're, agree. They're just really bad. They were just not good directors. Yeah. They're not good producers. It's, they, just, it's money people. Yeah, they're people that, hey... Explosion cell, mm-hmm. breaking bones in slow motion cell. Mm-hmm. Let's put that in. Mm-hmm. And it's also just still a certain people not taking comic books seriously. Because if you look at, for example, uh, Warner Brothers also did yep. those Harry Potter movies. Yep. Those were incredibly reverential oh, yeah. source material because that was for whatever re- because it was more contemporary. People, exactly, they, yeah. the producers thought of the Harry Potter stuff as more but gospel I, versus. The DC stuff, they're basically just a little bang whips out. Well, I mean, honestly, I did not hate the Watch movie because it was faithful. Yeah. But it also felt unoriginal because it was just, hey, let's recreate the comic book. Yeah. And I think the problem with the directors they have is, or have are, they're just not very creative. Mm -hmm. They're just, they know, hey, they read comics at one point. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how to make that and transcend it well, beyond. It's basically, just Zack Snyder. He's the only one making it right now, and he's, he's the problem. Just, he's just not a very because, smart man. I mean, it was only two years ago Chris Nolan was doing yeah. Batman stuff and doing great stuff. Yeah. So then they ideally this will just be like the problem is right now those Marvel movies are so successful. Warner Brothers sees how much yeah. money can be made, and they want to make enough. If they lose enough money, or, if they, or they fall short yeah. enough, they will start taking risks again. Yeah, that's really our, yeah. our well, only hope. Fair enough. <laughs> so that's that. Okay. okay. Rant. Wayne is a rant. Yeah, okay. that was kind of a rant. That was, yeah. that was a rant. That was, yeah. rant time. That was actually kind of That was a quick news story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting two rants for the price of one here, folks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next rant, um, it's actually probably not going to be me ranting. I suspect that this is going to be Alex ranting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe this me. Is, this is another one of those. It's like this story is just stupid. Oh, let's well, do it. Not, not even stupid. Just um, it's, it's kind of icky. 
it, uh, it That's makes a you, story you say. It makes you feel unclean, yeah. Okay. Ooh, I love so, being unclean. So, yeah, here, here's what's going on is that um, recently um, it's come out that uh, Machinima, uh, a deal that they had been cutting with uh, some of the people that were like you know using the service, um, a deal has surfaced where they had um, an arrangement going with Microsoft where... Uh, People who were using the Machinima service could uh, actually get a slight boost to their, um, you know, views um, mm-hmm. per page type thing uh, if they uh, promoted the Xbox One, and you know, it's like talked about how great it was, and you know, it's like didn't say anything disparaging, and it did not disclose that they were actually being, you know, it's like paid by Machinima. Isn't to that kind of payola? Say all this great stuff. Uh, that sounds like payola to me. Yeah, so yeah. This, this this came out, and then um, now there's a passing of the buck that's going on, where first Microsoft has stepped in, and they said, okay, now we cut a deal with Machinima, and that was just for yeah. advertising. Anything that they do on top of that is just added value that we are not aware of, so we didn't know that they were doing this. Sure. I then, believe um, you. Yeah, Machinima yeah, stepped right. in, and they said, you know, it's like, okay, now... The nature of this deal stipulates that when we say they can't disclose um, that they were, you know, it's like doing this um, with us, what we actually meant was they can't disclose the amounts that they were being paid. Oh, they can okay. actually talk about the fact that they were doing this, but if they don't mention this at all, then that's on them, not us. So you should actually be going after the guys on Machinima because it's not our fault either. So what really? The buck's passing all over the place. Yeah. Here. So the buck is passing all over the place. But really, what it comes down to, you know, it's like the center. Of, you know, the, the the crux of this whole rant is once again, like, you know, the ethics of journalism. Yeah. The fact that you know, it's like these guys are supposed to be transmitting information, which is supposed to be, you know, it's like informative to allow people to make decisions. Yeah. But of course, this is swayed by the fact but, that these guys were getting money in order to, like, you know, propagate a certain point of view. Well, this and all, they weren't telling people this about. This also yeah. raises the question: Are, are YouTube creators? Um forced to follow the same rules that other journalists like we are. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like they're not. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. If they want to have the credibility that they seem to want, they're going to have to. But they're not. They don't, I don't think they want the credibility. They want the power that the journalists have. They want to be able to do what they want in the most roguelike way they can. Well, I think that they're going to have to accept that if they want, if they want to, have, to keep the kind of integrity that is required of for what they do. I don't... To, do you think many YouTube journalists can, or YouTube creators have integrity? I think they need to if they're doing what they're professing to do. Like, they're not just making parody works in a lot of cases. They're doing legitimate reviews and I mean, telling there people. Are some, there are some that do. They, they mm-hmm. are, others are just trying to make comedy videos. Yeah. Or, and all power to them. That, that's cool. But they are, they are not forced to follow the same rules that a lot of journalists are. They, they can accept free trips. They can except um, trips to E3 paid for by Sony and Microsoft. They can do this stuff, whereas as a member of the press, we can't. No, we can't, but the thing is, if they do that, that has to be taken into account because there's a definite reason in the the spirit of things that that you're not supposed to take these kinds of Finance, these kind of gifts because it just shows, hey, you've received some sort of comp- some sort of benefit from the company itself. Yeah. Like, how is this going to affect the objectivity of your review? Well, here's my thing. I don't, I don't think they are at the same level as journalism as other members of the press because they aren't forced to be. And but you have to. It's. I don't think 
that we should expect them to be, but the public should be aware that this sort of this sort of journalism is not forced to follow yeah. the same rules. And no, of course, and the I public think, is not aware. Uh, and that's the yeah. biggest problem. No, I think that's the pro- that's the problem is they're not aware of that. And I agree, I do agree with you, but I think that I but I think that if they want to have the same credibility as journalistic publications, yeah. they have to follow these guidelines. Oh, I, I agree. They can't be rogue. They can't just do what they want. Yeah. They have to actually sit there and say, hey, here's a disclaimer. I'm in e- I'm at E3 because Microsoft has paid me to be here, but I'm still going to be unobjective. I'm still going like, to report mm-hmm. on it properly. But they don't do that. They say, I'm at, I'm at E3 because I want to be yay! Yeah, and I think that I think it's an issue with the games journalism too, because we mm-hmm. have all the we have a community that is pushing itself forward into the reviewing uh, re- into the reviewing territory. Well, I mean, games journalism, most reputable sites, yeah. reputable magazines, and reputable um, news feeds like EP Daily or whatever, they announce when some company is paying them to do something. Mm-hmm. If we accept, like, we get games, we mention. All games are supplied by companies. We do not... We're not paid to review the stuff. We are given the products to review. Yeah. We do not accept... Like, we do not accept uh, trips somewhere unless we acknowledge that we are we are here on Capcom's behalf, but we are still going to be an objective. problem with the, YouTube, the new YouTube reviewing generation is they are not forced to follow these rules. No. And, and, I, I, and, I agree, and I agree with you on that, and I'm not debating that. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just mentioning it. No, so I think it's important to, I think it's as important to mention that that is the state of things. Exactly, and that's what I, I'm... But I'm more I, of just mentioning the fact that a lot of people are now viewing, oh, the game spots, the polygons, whatever, they are paid off. We want to go to these independent guys over here that have no payoff, and they are... The voice of independent journalism over here, and I think and they're getting paid. Yeah, well, I, I think so, that's yeah. the that's the misconception is where people view the big guys as they're paid off because advertise they have advertising. Well, but the I little think, guys are actually f- have less rules. They have they're not under a code of ethics that have has been pushed forward. No, and you're entirely right. And I think part of it too is that uh, the gaming community has become disillusioned with its journalists. It has, yeah. It's become disillusioned with the information presented, whether or not this information is objective. Yeah. One of the big criticisms I've heard of a lot of game journalists is these are just fans who are basically reviewing things. Uh, that's, and that's not that's really not true. The case. That's also, not true. It, yes, gaming journalism is not objective because it physically can't be. No, and it's really your no opinion. It's an opinion. There's, uh, a film critic's not going into a movie, well, this, the lighting's off, oh, one point down. They don't have a rubric they follow. No. And oh, actually, I think Phil did that for my <laughs> I think he did. Oh, but you cracked the code. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Though, but I think it, I think he did for I Frank. Oh. No, but the but the thing is, is a review is this is my opinion on why this is good or bad, yeah. and here are my reasonings for them. Exactly. That's that's and all you can do. I mean, you, you that's. That's what the use, but that thing is that's what the user. A lot of users are now doing, yeah. Like YouTube uh, presenters are doing with their videos, and some of them are very much uh, mixed with entertainment or their persona. But at the mm. same time, you are professing to have the same kind of integrity as a publication, yeah. And when you do that, you have to kind of ex- you have to accept that you should be judged by the same standards as a publication. Oh, I I agree. They should be and, judged, or mm-hmm. if they shouldn't, if they think they shouldn't be judged. They have to outline where they're, what they are doing, how they're getting their funding, and or or the public should be aware of what's going on, 
and not view them as the definitive source. No. So, so what Brendan is saying then is that they should be changing their titles to totally amateur night and bribed video game journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes. Which would be accurate. Yeah. Well, it's ways to get around that too because like um, I do some work with uh, Collider.com, yeah. the film site sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, I've sort of met the editor there, <clears throat> Steve. He gets sent to junkets and yeah. film sets all the time and uh, by, paid for by the studios. And then his sort of way of dealing with that is he doesn't write the reviews. Yeah, that, someone else that, that's the fair. Reviews. And what okay. we and our site, what we do is if someone does an interview with someone, it's unethical for that exact person to do the review of that said product because they're going to be jaded a little bit. If someone's if uh, Wayne has an interview with. Uh, let's say David Cage. He's probably not gonna. He's probably gonna be a little bit more favorable to the game, or less favorable to the game. No, and it does. But it does uh, change your. It does change your view of the game because you now have. Oh, there's a human point of view to that game. You don't want to have that same viewpoint in your review. No, so sadly, I, this means I'm not allowed to review Child of Light by Patrick Plourd. Yeah, sorry, Wayne. I, I can't that review sucks. Warframe, so. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, like I interviewed Aaron Eckhart this week. Thought he was a lovely man. Wrote a very nice thing about him, and I hated his movie. <laughs> that's and true. Had you no did. problem saying that I hated that's his true. movie. Well, yeah, you it's can't. You very, can, very easy to do that. Well, that that's the other point is you can actually distance yourself from how much you like the game. Like for yeah. example, I never, I didn't review it, but I really don't like the Witcher series of games. But if I were to review them, I would probably give them a higher rating than maybe I would want based on my personal opinion. That's fair. Yeah. They're not badly designed games. They have a lot of good, yeah. positive points to them. And I can separate my personal opinion from the technical, yeah. uh, the technicalness. And that's actually – and that, I think, is part of what makes journalists a journalist. And that's something – Yeah, I mean, also, we have internal policies, but yeah. that's us. But we outline them. There's a, there's a guide on our site that outlines our policies. Yeah. But a lot of these YouTube reviewers don't have those policies. They are just one persona that kind of does, does his thing. And – all power to that guy. I mean, well, a lot of uh, use a lot of uh, the u- the user uh, yeah. review producers have sort of conglomerates they're part of. Yeah, and they have their own guidelines uh, in most cases. They're very loose. They're very very loose. loose. Yeah, but you know, I think if they strengthen those guidelines, I th- I think the idea of user reviews are is a great idea. I mean, because I, I think it creates a dialogue, and I think that's something yeah. that a lot of reviews especially lack, is well, a strong dialogue and a strong discussion. I think what the biggest problem here is we have to make sure that the users that watch this stuff understand that there is a difference. If you're watching some guy, Angry Joe, whatever, yeah. he follows a different set of standards than GameSpot, Polygon, us, whatever. Yeah. There are different standards there. So when you, when you talk about, well, I only like these completely... Uh, Unbiased guys over here at whatever network. They're not unbiased. No, of course they're not unbiased. And I think Angry Joe's a good example, too, because his reviews are also entertainment-based. They're, they're entertainment more than they are yeah. informative. He is a, he's an entertainer before he is a reviewer. Exactly. And I think if you take that into account and is, if, you ex, if you accept that as that's the way of things, mm-hmm. you can take what you can from those reviews. Oh, yeah. But it is a very different rubric and a very different uh, set of criteria than, say... Our magazine. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's actually a very important thing to establish, and this entire issue kind of illustrates what what we have to consider and what a lot of users have to consider if they want to be taken seriously. Because, That's true. Because, you know, if, if, if you guys are taking what are essentially bribes, 
then it's, w- it's it's not a bribe. It's not what, what it is. I don't want to sell it as these guys are getting bribed to do things. Okay. What, what they are doing is they're getting they're getting funding to do their video from Microsoft. Because yeah. that that's fine. You can get funding from doing. Yeah. It's not a bribe. It's a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. There is a difference. Right. And, I mean, Fair these enough. guys Fair aren't enough. these guys aren't paid a steady paycheck. They are paid based on ad clicks or whatever. That's yeah. usually how the model works with these mm-hmm. these people. And that's often uh, uh, won't be enough to support yourself. Yeah. So if you need to get funding from different companies, that's that's fine. Just disclose it. Yeah. I mean, they're not really getting bribed. What's going on is they are getting funding to do a certain thing. And that's fine. But just mention at the beginning, letting you know we've been funded by Microsoft. We love these guys. Let's get into a review of the console. Then, you know, well, maybe I don't want to take this thing at face value. I think that's a fair uh, assessment to make. And I myself watch a lot of the, the YouTube uh, reviewers, my, reviewers as well. Uh, usually after I write a review myself, I often look at what other reviews are like. Yeah. Always after because you never want to get your review biased by someone exactly, else. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, and uh, consensus. Yeah. I, I like to actually see what the user community uh, puts out too because yeah. I think their dialogue and their voice is actually very important, especially uh, – in the future when you're paying for a product. Yeah. Shall we move on to yeah. Phil talking about uh, I Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah, I would Which like to talk about title. this movie because I just don't quite believe it exists. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty horrible. It's review time. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so, yeah. I, I, ha- um, I had high, low hopes for this one, but your review completely dashed. Yeah. I mean, it's a real shame. I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to is that the film was... Uh, co-written um, and based on the graphic novel by the person who created the Underworld series. Okay. It pretty well tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it not does. a very creative person. So essentially, when I first heard Aaron Eckhart was cast as uh, Frankenstein's sponsor, I was very excited because it's actually been quite a while since there has been a proper Frankenstein movie. Probably the last one was uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in the 90s Kevin by Kevin Branagh. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro. Terrible. So, it was okay. It was just, it you was know, Kevin Branagh great. was running around bare-chested a lot while he was resurrecting There were a lot of problems going monster, on with that. Which was very weird. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of problems there. That was less than ideal. So um, I was excited. I think it's time more... More than enough time has gone by. We should get to see a Frankenstein movie. Uh, sadly, this one isn't it. This is I, Frankenstein, of course, uh, that I'm talking about. Um, basically, the first ten minutes tell the whole Frank Mary Shelley's Frankenstein story very, very quickly, remind you how great a story that is, and then is... And then just as uh, Frankenstein's monster is looking at the uh, grave he's uh, produced for his uh, scientist father figure, I guess, Um, whatever you want to call him, uh, Gargoyle shows up at the cemetery, as tends to happen, and lets him know that there's secretly been an inter-gargoyle and demon war going on on Earth for centuries that uh, Frankenstein's monster is now a part of because he is a uh, undead creature. Yeah. And now and it's time to learn Kung Fu. Now it's time for him to learn Kung Fu and <laughs> stick fighting methods. And oh, then God. he uh, walks the earth for a few centuries um, and comes back with a haircut and a hoodie in modern times. Uh, and See, but this, this, if this had been done in the same vein as Van Helsing, which I actually enjoyed. That's what I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. This yeah. could have been great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but mm-hmm. it's... The problem is, much like the Underworld movies, the whole thing's treated deathly, deathly seriously, yep. and that's the and that's, totally and that's the beginning and end of it all. Yeah, okay. yeah, like Van, the Van Helsing 
I had my problems with Van Helsing, but at least it had a kind of Indiana Jones tongue-in-cheek tone. Yeah. And if you're going to do a Kung Fu oh, Frankenstein like movie, that's how you do it. Frankenstein's monster in there shouting, I want to live! That was a great moment. It was, I love that moment. It was pretty <laughs> ridiculous. And that's what I was really hoping this movie was going to be when I sat down to it, and it's just not. It's all played deadly straight, and ends up, yeah, Frankenstein's monster, um, yeah, talks to the Gargoyle Queen and meets the, the evil demon king who's played by Bill Nye, who's, who is quite good. And who? So, Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. Okay. Yeah, Bill so Nye. you've got the um, police chief from, um, or was it the police chief? And what uh, are you thinking of here? Um, Hot Fuzz? Yes, uh, yeah, chief yeah, yeah, police chief and Hot so Fuzz. You, so you've got the police chief from Hot Fuzz, you've yeah. got Miranda Lawson from Mass Effect, Yep. Uh, and you've got Aowyn. You've got Eowyn from, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All in there, along yeah. with Two-Face. And Two-Face, yeah. 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 It sounds uh, like a great, like, in concept, it sounds amazing. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah it, doesn't, it just doesn't work. It just, Teens L2 series is so dull. Um, it just has that kind of, like, dreary, dark blue, faux goth uh, cinematography. Uh, oh, without any leather pants? Yeah, plenty of leather oh, pants okay. to go it's around. It's like Underworld. Yeah, plenty of other pants to go around. And, um, yeah, pointless 3D that doesn't add anything oh, to it. Oh, it's 3D as well. Okay. Yeah, oh, of course. God. Of course oh, it is. God. And, um, <clears throat> and ultimately, it just ends up feeling boring, which is the last thing a Kung Fu Frankenstein movie should feel. Is boring. See, because when you say Kung Fu Frankenstein movie, sounds that immediately sounds like, yeah, I'd it. sounds it. awesome. It sounds great. It but sounds it, fantastic. I mean, it sounds horrible, but it also sounds yeah, awesome in its... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the problem. And it's just treated too seriously. And, like, even then, they could have gotten away with it. And it's so bad, it's a good way if they cast crappy actors. But they got good ones who actually put effort into it. And yeah. Aaron Eckhart, they, I, I think, does a perfectly solid performance. Yeah. And, like, in the interview that we put up, he, like, spent a lot of time studying, like, molested children to try and bring that into it. Why? And see that kind wow. of pain and everything. Well, it's not... It's oh, a, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Can I tell this story? Yeah, you can. If you okay, want. fine. Oh, so, so, so get this. Yeah, so according to Phil's interview, um, you know, it's like, yeah, when Aaron Eckhart was researching, you know, it's like how to do this role, he kind of just, you know, uh, glommed onto the fact that Frankenstein's monster essentially just has, like, you know, a horrible relationship with his father, mm-hmm. Dr. Frankenstein. So, everything. So that, that is his emotional center. And so in order to prepare for this role, he started watching YouTube and all of these other videos with people who had been sexually abused by their parents so that he could capture that sense of betrayal from having, like, a horrible, horrible parent and how that would affect you. But, so he but, did an enormous amount of research yeah. for Kung Fu Frankenstein. Yeah, and that, Why? And that would have been crazy. Per- that would have been a perfectly fine approach to take where he's doing a proper rendition of Mary Shelley oh, Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Frankenstein would have been fascinating. That would have, like, an abused child yeah. Frankenstein. It's a just, performance like that would have made people cry if right? Eckhart had like done that confronting Doctor mm-hmm. Frank. Right? Oh my God! But within a movie, yeah. when he's jump kicking demons in the face, also it's pointless. He's ripped in the movie. He is ripped yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It did a lot of and and, and you know, there's some fight scenes are fine. But it's just bland and without personality. Well, I mean, if you're going to do that kind of research, it really doesn't seem like it fits at all into this whole idea of the sequel where he's going around fighting demons. That's why yeah. I feel so bad. I mean, yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. I mean, but gargoyles the, as a as a thing that wants to end humanity? Why? No, no, no. Demons want to end humanity. Gargoyles are trying to fight for humanity. Oh, so the gargoyles gargoyle, are the good guys? Well, because okay. gargoyles so just are Keith churches, right? Oh, this is yeah. extra right? dumb. Of course, right? because gargoyles are right, 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 See, right. this movie could have been so awesomely bad if they just... Yeah. Oh, oh. That is should like, be Keith David. Oh, man. Keith David should be the king of the gargoyles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This sounds like the dumbest oh, thing yeah, on Earth. Keith David. That would rock, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. And it's not even, like, so horrible that you can laugh at it. It's just kind of boring and dull, and you feel bad for the people who put effort into it that did a good job. 
job. It ain't no Van Helsing, that's for sure. That was. No. That was I fell weird. asleep during that movie. No, that's not the greatest, and that's not the highest standard either. Yeah. But they couldn't, couldn't even, whoops, yeah. couldn't even top, top that. So yeah, I just unfortunately, it's just a big fat I waste of time. Like I, Van Helsing. <laughs> I just love the fact that the last like twenty minutes is basically a video game. Yeah. yeah. There's like no humans in that movie. Yeah. The whole that's game true. is pretty much a video game anyway. Yeah. yeah. The whole movie is pretty yeah. much. Yet yeah, there was a bad video game for that movie. Yeah. So Ooh. it's not with the luck, but the one silver lining in it is that um, even the, the one of the reasons this movie got cranked out so fast is there are a number of Frankenstein projects in development that could get made and one of which is written by Max Landis is apparently some okay. sort of revisionist take which is his want to do yeah. and I'd be intrigued to see that and the other one is by Guillermo del Toro oh, so okay. hopefully one of those will actually get made that would be more interesting it's a shame Aaron Eckhart couldn't play one of those but that's where we're but at one question I didn't know anything about this movie until mm. a month and a half ago when mm. I started seeing trailers for it coming in January I'm like mm. it, it can't mean this January like, yeah yeah I haven't heard anything about this movie. I think it was just cranked out. I think the studio knew how bad it Which was. Which movie is it again? Hmm? Which movie is this again? I Frankenstein. Okay. That's actually the name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Frankenstein. I Frankenstein. I Frankenstein. I, I Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah. That's a dumb name. I Frankenstein right? is a terrible name. Yep. Yeah. But that on the poster, that's really small. Yeah. They have some other big title above that. And then there's a little thing at the bottom that says I Frankenstein. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It does not... Advertise, that's the name of the movie. Yeah, you can tell everyone's kind of not pleased about this. I, I, I think, I mean, and this is also, as I said last week, this yeah. is the time of year when studios put out the movie yeah. they're embarrassed of, hoping that no one will remember them. <laughs> so this is just one of those. And Did it easily have, did it have a budget? I mean, yeah. It look, my guess is the budget probably would have been like somewhere in $60, $70 million range. So, so enough money to so, do stuff, so but the, not enough money to do it well. So there's a lot of the same CG character done a lot of pretty pretty well, yeah. so all the enemies are the same CG model pretty well okay yeah. so it's not like they have like 20 different types of mo- monsters it's just one monster not that I noticed okay there's some decent uh, makeup effects with the demons yeah. I guess but I mean is it as bad as this? <laughs> what was it it ain't no Van Helsing is it as bad as City of Bones what the movie was City of Bones um that really bad movie they put out and they would say it was gonna be a, it was gonna, the new Twilight movies basically Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. So I, I assumed you that. saw everything. No. I normally do that when I avoid it. Okay. I think that came out the same week as Ender's Game or it something. It did, yeah. Something else where I could look at focus on the other yeah. one instead of that. So can't Ugh. comment if it's worse than that. My guess is probably. Okay. It's the same company. Um, it's E1. Trying oh, to, uh, I mean, they've done good stuff, but they're well, clearly they're desperate just... to try and recreate a Twilight so they can have that to finance yeah. all their smaller, smarter movies. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I Frankenstein just definitely is not in. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. So yeah, don't go see that. Just okay. don't. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I still want to. Ma- I still want the Mountains of Madness movie that Del Toro keeps saying he's going to make. Yeah, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Because what was it? It was supposed to be rated R. It was going to be rated R. Cost two hundred million dollars to hire Tom Cruise. It was going to be rated R because of not from blood or gore, mm. but for disturbing imagery. Yeah, and intensity. Which you'd expect from a Lovecraft movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, exactly. That, that kind of. What about Hulk? Can we get a Call of Cthulhu movie, maybe? I mean, no, if they can, I hate that story. I, if they can't make Mountains of Madness, I don't know if Cthulhu's coming out many times then. I mean, like, I hope... I feel, I feel like Del Toro will be able to make it eventually after he strings enough hits together. Because, I mean, like, he's such a popular figure, particularly amongst our community, it's easy to think of him as, as being extraordinarily successful. But really, Pacific Rim is... Far and away, the only first hit blockbuster we ever had, and even that one didn't do very well in North America. Well, it was worldwide, where everything globally, came out. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Went like because beyond that, like so. Blade Two made money, but not like Batman money. Yeah. Ditto the Hellboy movies, mm-hmm. and then Pan's Labyrinth is a masterpiece. But I mean, yeah. Again, 
you know, not a cash not a box cow. office smash. Yeah, so I think I think if he can put if he can string together a couple big hits and he's already started the role with Pacific Rim, I feel like he will get to make it eventually. The problem is just mm. he's got to get to that position of power when he can. It's weird that he couldn't do it with Tom Cruise. That one kind of boggled my mind because that guy is just money in the bank. Mm. Although I guess actually now that I think of it, his last few movies have been unsuccessful, so perhaps that does make sense. <laughs> but anywho, hopefully someday. Not today though. I just want to see it because I I don't not entirely convinced they can make a good movie out of a story where nothing happens. Like the story at the Mountains of Madness, really nothing happens until the very end of the movie. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like John Carpenter's The Thing. It's all atmosphere, and, and like nothing much really yeah. happens in the thing when you break it down. But there's so much paranoia and suspense and atmosphere that yeah, that's true. You know what? Sort of love up for it. You know what? Lovecraft Story I think would make a great movie. Mm. Shadow Out of Time. Oh, I guess it. That's the. Uh, I can't even remember that one. The even one though I know the, I read it. The one with the great race of Yith. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I think that would actually make a really well, good movie. To be fair, Mountains of Madness is basically the the thing. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's well, just a thing. It's the thing without any attack monster attacks. Um, like except for at the very end. I'm sure they'd add some extra mountain. Monster I mean, there's attacks you could you could do flashbacks of what these people experience. Yeah. You could do things that mm-hmm. have monster attacks. Yeah. And and they're never gonna make a Lovecraft movie that's a one to one. Oh God, no. And they're also like a they're dated and b they're written in a literary way. Like the whole concept of monsters. When someone sees them, you can't comprehend what they are. That's that makes a bad movie. Pretty well impossible to do in a film. Now, the thing I thought came close. Yes, because yeah. you never know what that thing looks like. Well, you barely get to see it, and I thought they did a pretty good job. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's going to be tough to do that. The only way I can see them doing it is to play off the fact that the show goth a can look like pretty much anything, yeah. and two has all of these fragmented memories from these times that they're studying based off of all the paintings and yeah. things they're finding, and have. The, and have the actual two excavators experiencing almost hallucinations as they're exploring these, and you can never tell whether it's the show goth messing with them or just them. So, kind of, so kind of do a um, make it a very psychological movie. Event, what was that? It was, what was the movie um, with Sam Neill? Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Event Horizon yeah. Yeah. Do that kind of style where you just keep seeing random, nonsensical, disturbing imagery. Yep. Yeah, that we would actually that. work uh, all right. That almost was a Lovecraftian story in a weird it was, way. No, it really was. Yeah. It was Lovecraftian. There, there have been three great Lovecraft movies. Which ones? Uh, Reanimator. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, From Beyond. I haven't seen that one. From Beyond's excellent. Oh, okay. By the Reanimator team, they made it after, and that was with uh, parallel dimension and sort of monsters that you know. Okay. Within. okay. It is the slimiest movie yeah. of all time. Filled with goo. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. And uh, it's not based on an official love story, story, but in the mouth of madness. Yeah, that in the mouth of that madness. Is a that is a love. That's a love. That is a love. And a great one. Yeah, that is such a good movie. Well. It is really good. It's very good. Really, I've really, not really, had the really pleasure. Good. Oh, really? It's no. so oh, messed well, up. You check it's that a, out. it's about it. basically. It's about a private detective hired because this uh, famous author sort of it was. In the early 90s mm. was when Steve King was at the peak. Steve, yep. Steve, like I know him. Steve Stephen King. King. Steve King was at the peak of his powers, and it's sort of like that level of famous author author disappears right before his first book supposed to come. His next book supposed to come out, which would be a huge hit. Um, the manuscripts also disappeared because the person who read it went insane mm-hmm. and went away with it. There had the book. Oh, the it's been the book's been floating around a while. Everyone who reads it goes insane. Sam Neill's hired to go and find the guy. He dry he sort of discovers that all the covers to his books uh, can be cut together to form a map and he takes the map and it goes to the fictional uh, small yeah. town where all the stories have been based and he walks in and it's all of a sudden the fictional town's real and yada yada yada. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very Lovecraftian. It's, it's, basically, it seems really stories are 
a portal to a different universe, basically. Yeah. It is yeah. weird. It's messed yeah. up. It's really, really cool. But at the same time, you've got the unreliable narrator mm, because yeah. he's read the book, so he's clearly gone insane as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, I, yeah, there's a lot going on there, and it's excellent. I, I think it's a good concept. I like it. it. It's excellent. It's really worth yeah, checking It's out. very good. All right. Yeah. So, uh... Are we going to talk about what stuff we played and watched? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, why not? Absolutely. Um, I've just been inching through uh, Infamous 2. Okay. Like yeah. I talked about nah, not, not really playing that much. Right? Fair enough. Okay. Alex? Um, I've actually been returning to Guild Wars 2 recently because they've been doing uh, the Madness, Origins of Madness event. Like, for the last year, Guild Wars 2 has been doing sort of a series of living world events, which is just stuff happens in the world, the maps change giant tower arises from this one place and starts polluting everything kind of events all tied together with this plant woman supervillain named Scarlet Briar who is basically a crazy scenery chewing supervillain and it's kind of weird because they when they created this game and they had their main plot, it's all based around you know dr- dragons are back. Dragons are huge godlike beings. And there's like a dragon. Everything. Each region has its own dragon. This yeah, like being and you've a dick. got they've each got their own theme that they corrupt people. There's Jormag, the dragon that corrupt, turns people into ice monsters. There's Zaitan, the uh, the undead dragon who is the most heavy metal design. He t- he, he kind of goes with the Grave Lord Nido style of uh, character design. He- you know metal. Like you know, Grave Lord Nido's whole design is, from Dark Souls is wh- how do you make a how do you make an awesome un- undead guy? You make a skeleton and attach a bunch of other skeletons to it. Okay, okay. I can see that. But yeah, uh, sure. and, and so they do all this whole thing, and they've got like five or six different dragons, all these monolithic, world-shattering things tied together with all the Guild Wars One stuff that was all disparate little elements. And what do they do? They have a bunch of unrelated stuff with a plant woman supervillain. So it's a little bit of a strange departure, and yeah. it feels almost like they're kind of stalling for time, like avoiding throwing themselves too deep into the dragon uh, mythos, but they have plenty to work with. Mm-hmm. And they can't possibly think that this game is going to... like. I don't, I don't think it's a very, int- a, a very good banking to think that this game is going to last for like a decade. No! And uh, I mean, to be perfectly frank, with the dragons, they could make it last a decade. Even then... No. no. But even so, I mean, they don't really have to take an entire year to a supervillain with giant animatronic marionettes who look cool. Like they, like big, creepy chain marionettes attacking you is actually kind of a cool, freaky thing. Mm. And uh, the event itself, just as a, as, a, as a thing, is actually quite hard. And, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's actually quite difficult for uh, Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2 is... Like, Guild War 2 is not known for its extreme difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's known for actually making it so you can do group events without all the pain of MMO grouping and pugging. Oh, yeah. okay. But this event kind of the, brings the pain back a little. You've got large, very complicated boss fights that are all timed and are very reliant on coordinating a lot of people. And it kind of, the last two times I did it did not go well, and the server limits kind of mess it up, because if you're not there with enough time, that, like if you're not there early enough to get the main server, you're in the overflow, and there's not enough people. Okay. And then you don't get to really do the event. Like you're they, just not going to be able to finish it. Yeah. I mean, you, you get stuff for failing. Mm. You get credit for even just playing it, which is one of the things that I think is absolutely great for an MMO. But at the same time, it, it kind of doesn't so far feel like it's feel like something 
that can really sustain it. Mm. I'm going to keep playing it. I've only done for one day. It's only been out for a few days now. But uh, I'm still uh, taking a look at it. And, of course, Warframe, but we've yeah. talked about that. Yep, ad nauseum. So. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it for me. Okay. So anybody else want to talk about what they've been playing? Or no? Nobody else? I've been so, playing Banner Saga. It's good. You should play it. You should actually talk about that since nobody's talked about Banner Saga. Really? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, nobody has. So somebody's got to talk about, about it. it. I haven't played it. Uh, Banner Saga is basically Norse Final Fantasy Tactics, kind of? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics. That actually sounds Vikings. really cool. Yeah. It is gorgeous to look at. Like, it's all hand-drawn work. Interesting voice acting. The voice acting's not best. Mm. Whatever. And there's multiple endings. Um, the tactics are really complex, really engulfing yeah. uh, gameplay. I read that the art direction is actually inspired largely by Disney's version of Sleeping Beauty. I can see that. That's, that's what they I were could see that, yeah. looking at. Mm. So, yeah. It's, really, it's really hand-drawn feeling. It's really vibrant colors. Yeah. They had do interesting things of parallaxing within the world. Oh, that's always cool when that yeah. happens. Yeah, so it looks great, and it. I'm not. It's hard. It is a hard game. I'm only about six hours in, I'd say, and I'm stuck at a. I'm a, stuck at a certain mission where I just cannot finish it without everyone dying. Okay. So it's 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 really interesting the way it works. It's actually these, harder than XCOM. It sounds it, like oh, it's it, it is XCOM, hard. It is harder than XCOM. Right. Wow, guaranteed, it's harder than XCOM. But it's a good game. I. I honestly don't know what because it's a game you unless you understand that genre of game it's hard mm-hmm. to describe. It's a it, you have a basically a game board. You make your character move. Each character has a special ability that you kind of utilize. Yeah. Some characters mm-hmm. can hit more than one target. Some characters can buff other characters. Some characters have strong single attack. Some characters are great at tactics. So you basically have to work with. No, it, it is like an elaborate version of chess. It basically is, mm-hmm. and the characters you the the opponents might not be very strong, but they usually will have more men than you. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of work with that, kind of figure out ways to kind of take your characters and deal the most damage without them dealing the most damage to you. You can choose to destroy their armor rather than their like overall body strength and kind of work with those things. Try but not to kill all the enemies too quickly, I exactly, guess. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's ways you can play it, and you want to level up certain characters, so you want to make sure this guy goes in because he needs some leveling. So there's a lot of nuance to the gameplay, and I'm not even close to figuring it all out. Okay. It is, it is deep. It is complex. But it is really really amazing to play mm. and it, it feels it, it's rewarding when you've been a battle that is the big thing you feel like if you go into one of these missions and you decimate the opponent and it might take you five six tries but once you do it it is rewarding mm. it feels great and then you take those tactics you've learned and go to the next battle and then you might get you might get decimated again then you learn new tactics to take that on so it is a lot of learning figuring out what works and moving forward at a slow pace but it feels rewarding every single step of the way. So that's a real ringing endorsement for Banner, second portion of name, trademark pending. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, no. It is a good game. It, it, it's only like 24 bucks For that price, it is, in the, it is triple A level of quality of this game. Yeah. It, it does not feel like a small indie game. PC and Mac? Or just I PC? believe it's just PC, but it okay. might be Mac. I don't have a Mac to test it on, so... I think you should try it. Will that's we see good. iOS and Android versions eventually? Or? I hope... It is a game that you could do on the, yeah. that platform very easily. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's a real-time strategy game, yeah. so the interface lends itself. It's not even to, real. Like, it, it is a turn-based interface. strategy. Oh, yeah, turn-based. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you could definitely play this with a touch interface. Oh, you totally could. You don't and need... it would work 100%. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that would be kind of nice. If that I hope so. Basically, stuff, I yeah. hope that we see more of... I want to see more from the studio. I want to see what they can do. Yeah. 
And I just love the fact that putting all this effort into this kind of really beautiful art style. Yeah. It's kind of crazy what happens when people from Bioware quit the company and decide yeah. to do their own thing, since this is made by a bunch of ex-Bioware guys. It's true. So, you have one thing to talk about, though, Wayne. Yeah, I do. Well, I can talk about it to some degree. Yeah, well, might as well. Like, I can't talk about it too much, I guess, because there are, like, certain embargo conditions, but um, otherwise, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, like, you know, Tomb Raider, the definitive edition for the PS4. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, obviously... Um, the review's not out yet, and the review won't be out until the game launches. This is all part of, like, you know, the embargo. But obviously, I can talk about Tomb Raider itself, uh-huh. since that game came out last year. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not going to give any opinions or things like that, since I guess that's sort of, you know, wandering into review territory. Um, but uh, it's, it is the game from last year. So let's just turn this into a debate, then, of um, since I keep stressing over and over again that this is the same game, but with some spruced-up graphics... They are putting it out for sixty dollars, sixty-five uh, in some region, or, or, or potentially sixty-five in Canada. Because um, you know, yeah, here's here's a small bit of news. So for you guys in Canada, it looks like um, Best Buy and um, Future Shop and EB Games and a few other people are now toying around with the idea of hiking up the prices of games by five dollars. Oh, good. So we may oh, be paying lovely. sixty-five dollars for games. We need to pay more for games, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, so if it's an old game. Don't I don't care if you've made a new this new definitive edition. If it's not appreciably more content or appreciably different content, yeah. then you shouldn't be charging yes. full price. There, I, I can say with one hundred percent confidence that they have not added in any more game content. It's it is the same. Well, that's game. absolutely ridiculous. So, we already pay, like we already pay too much for video games. The fact that we're getting like twenty four dollar games like Banner Saga and a lot of other really good games. Yeah is a great trend. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a great thing for gamers and it's a great thing for companies. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be just doing this, like releasing a game, I wasn't even happy with the idea of Diablo 3, like having their PS3 release. How long did it take? How, long, how much later was it than the PC version? Yeah, and the PS4 version still isn't out. Yeah, yeah and, so. it, and it's still around an extremely high price. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, certainly. My only feeling is just that I can... I can see why it would still be priced that high at this point, simply because there's not a lot of top-tier content on the PS4. Just they yet. know that they can afford to exactly, be strong and on and, and this will be and this will be a game that sells systems yeah. and um, <clears throat> gets people want to be involved. So I think that's probably the strategy there yeah. where they're coming from. I don't. Here's I don't, um, a fascinating little um, tidbit of um, fanboy information mm-hmm. uh, as far as what's going on with this game. It's like okay, so now it's also come out. Um, other outlets have already confirmed this. I saw it with my own eyes, but I wasn't absolutely sure until I started reading in other sources. But um, So the PS4 version of Tomb Raider is actually running on average at 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Um, the Xbox One version is actually running at 30. Um, on, a, you know, the, on a really good day, it's actually you know, running at 45, but it never, ever hits 60 the way the PS4 version regularly does. Now, the interesting thing is, is that when you go to... Um, Certain gaming forums, places like a NeoGaf and all that, where like you know, the fanboy wars are in full swing, and some people, even though they were like Tomb Raider, I don't care. As soon as they heard that the PS4 version had a distinct technical advantage, suddenly they were like, 60 frames per second. This is next generation gaming. I'm going to go out and buy this game, even though just last week I said I had no interest in it. <laughs> so this this is actually happening i mean you know it's like mm. pe- people are buying this stuff you know like phil says just because they want to see what their machine can do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now that it comes out that the ps4 version is like you know it's like oh yeah this is the one that's running with all cylinders firing mm-hmm. they're they're going to get sales based on that just because um i can say from playing it that um 
I'm really, really surprised by how noticeable the difference is. Yeah. It's like I thought that I was going to pop it in and it was going to be like um, Assassin's Creed 4. Mm. Yeah. Where, you know, it's like I saw Assassin's Creed 4 on the PS3 and then I saw it on the PS4 and mm. I was like, okay, you know, it's like um, you've got some particle effects with the smoke and all that sort of thing and the graphics look a little crisper, but this isn't actually, you know, that big a leap. Mm. But um, I still remember um, very clearly what Tomb Raider on the PS3 looked like. And mm. when I popped. Um, Tomb Raider 4 uh, Tomb Raider on the PS4 in and started looking at it I really really noticed the difference yeah. so it, it's not just they prettied up the colors and threw in a few particle effects um, they they really went to town on um, the, like the model for Lara it's, it's really obvious that they redid it from the ground up you know all that stuff so they did work pretty hard on it um, and it's also a game that I feel would benefit from that simply because it's such a sort of cinematic quick time event based yeah, exactly. adventure yeah. that that would only make those sequences more effective. Yeah. Uh, one one bizarre side effect though of like you know bumping it up to sixty frames per second is that you're you're getting a little bit of the soap opera effect in there. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's happening a bit. You know, it's like now so that now that about. the movement is so slick, yeah. uh, it actually looks a little bit like video now, which you know yeah. it's like kind of threw me for a loop. Even my wife, she was walking past and she was just like, "Why does this actually look like you know a, a cheap reality TV show video yeah. now?" As opposed to, like, you know, when you were playing it on the PS3 and it looked more cinematic. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's probably because of the frame rates. Yeah, but that's it. something they got to work on. Yeah. Definitely. It's, that's just going to be a balancing act that's going to take yeah. a while to make that fix. Or maybe our eyes will just adjust and Could eventually be, yeah. we'll look at that cinematic stuff and think, ugh. Yeah. So, I mean, fashion. like, you know, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Interesting. And, you know, it's like, I, I can't really talk too much about it because the review is still pending and there are embargoes on it. But, you know, it's like, I can say that it's, it's Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. So, if you played Tomb Raider last year, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Just, I play all through. It was fun. Yeah. Just right. a lot prettier. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's like the question is, is that if you played it last year or even if you already own it, mm. you know, you got to ask yourself a question because I'm not going to answer it for you yeah. yet. you got to ask yourself if you want to shell out 60 or $65 for it. Mm-hmm. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a question we should all be asking. Yeah. Asking in every game. So, all right. I guess that's, yeah, okay. We've, we've been rambling on for a bit of time and. Yeah. Phones are ringing in at the most inopportune moment, and people are taking those calls. Yeah. So we've got to wrap this thing up um, once again because you know it's like this is my first time hosting, and I'm extremely bad at this. I don't actually remember how it is that Melanie wraps these oh, things we gotta up. Oh, we got to say we got to talk about the social media. Yeah, okay, so yeah, so there's some, something about social media. So like we're on Facebook. I don't know where, but apparently we are. Melody. We're we're also on Twitter. I don't know where, yep. but apparently uh, we are. CG Online at Twitter, CG I think. Online, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Google Plus. We're on Google Plus as well. Yeah. I don't know where, but apparently mm-hmm. we're there. Uh-huh. So Is like, it uh, CG Plus with a plus sign? Yeah. yeah. So so I'm so. pretty sure if you go to any of these social media platforms and type in some derivation of CGM or Comics mm-hmm. Gaming Magazine or something like that, you'll mm-hmm. be able to find us. Mm-hmm. Since I totally do not remember what these addresses are. Right. But, but I know that we're out website. there somewhere. I do know www.cgmagonline.com. The website address, yeah. Which is yeah. the actual website. So yeah. that's you can go there. Yeah. Okay. And the, have the links from there, I'm sure. To everywhere okay. else. Yeah. 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 So so what these guys are saying, since they obviously remember these details yeah. better than I do, and we're, we're all apparently on the internet somewhere. And yeah. uh, you want and, to find and this individual. let's not forget as well, new issue just came yep. out. Yep. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah. a magazine. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I it's love a really nice issue. It's right all about Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. There's Dark Souls stuff in there. Yep. And, and Vertigo. Some, and yeah. some Alan Moore stuff. And some Alan Moore stuff and some Vertigo stuff. Yeah. And Bunch of stuff. So, yeah, definitely run, rush out to stores and buy that. Because DC rocks and Marvel sucks. No, not really. We didn't say that. <laughs> no, we didn't. No. We do not. That does not represent the views of this magazine. Maybe mine. It's just. 
Well, okay, not all Marvel songs. <laughs> and if you can't find it in stores, take a look on our website. Yeah, there's yeah. links we'll to help buy. You, We'll help you out with that. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, yeah, Marvel did an amazing job on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> you're still going out don't, of- don't need to apologize for Marvel. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. We just spent uh, about 15, 20 minutes earlier talking about how Marvel was doing so much better at movies That's than DC. Yeah. So okay. now it's balanced. Right. Yeah, basically. Okay. So keep sucking, Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. All right, yeah, all right. Okay, let's go. You know, it's like, bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye.